Hey guys, this is uh, Theo, and I just finished uh, my workout uh, for the evening, and I got my shaker bottle, uh, my protein and my whey and creatine, my branch chain amino acids, um, and I was kind of mulling around already, like, what would I be discussing for this week, and if I'm going to be following more of a format, I want to at least have um, a good 10 or 15 minutes to just ch chat with you guys about like especially to you know my supporters on patreon or the people that follow me on twitter and maybe want to know a little bit more about the background and how exactly i operate and i think it's a good time to reflect on um some current things that i'm working on or thinking about so that's kind of what i want the intro banter to be and i wanted to take this time um maybe if this goes on for a little bit too long maybe you guys can just skip about yeah skip about like maybe 10 or 15 minutes from now um if you want to get right to the the content um but as of right now i just kind of want to spiel about um what i'm doing and like what my my day-to-day -day is like because i feel like that gives a little bit more perspective on how i operate so maybe for the people that's supporting me uh first of all thank you so much and maybe uh it'll kind of <laughs> break the illusion of um sort of how an artist goes about his day when you know he has other commitments and stuff so uh that's where i want to go with this right now to give you guys that breakdown so let's kind of unpack it um day to day like i just want to break down um from the time i wake up to the time i go to work and then come back home etc uh so i wake up at 6 a.m uh that's when i have my alarm set so i can get ready an hour early uh, for my day job. My day job is basically Monday through Friday. Um, it's a state position here where I'm just flat out, just like I just do custodial work. I'm a janitor for uh, one of my local libraries. Um, it's a really, it's a pretty decent gig that um, I did hunt down purposefully because uh, one of the things that was often emphasized from my family was getting retirement, um, health benefits, health care, uh, dental iVision, you name it. Um, the state, although they don't pay really excellently, um, they do offer premium benefits that are that will keep you pretty stable. So that's why I had to go that direction. Um, and specifically, uh, I picked up a janitorial job because that's frankly what they had open when I first applied for a multitude of different state positions online on a government site. So. Uh, that's just what I had to hop on and for people that don't know uh, when you get into state um, Some of the hardest things to do is find a position that you can at least start in um, And then you can move laterally, you know over your time in whatever department you're in um, When the opportunity comes for an internal vacancy, you can hop on that vacancy. So There is that balance there and that opportunity that gives you um, more paths to go down for your career wise and who knows maybe something um, I'll pick up something uh, maybe an art somehow that the state might need somebody to draft something or do some kind of design that's like my most like you know pie in the sky kind of thinking and hopeful hopefulness uh, so there's that um, back to my schedule so I work from uh, it's a full-time job, eight hours, so by the time I get to work, it's 7 a.m., that's when I start, and I work till 3.30, basically. Um, beyond that, uh, I try to make it 
back home as quick as I can. Um, if I don't have other chores and stuff to do to run around and, you know, pick up groceries and whatnot. And then I come back home, usually around by four. And then I already, I, I just take my pre-workout and then I'm already hitting uh, my home gym um, that I have just set up outside of my room. And I'm just getting my workout in because staying physically active is really important to me. And I really want to build a nice lean muscular physique. That's something that I've always struggled with, um, especially since high school. Um, I don't think I have some kind of dysphoria or anything, but I, I, I just wanted to, you know, while I'm pursuing art, I also want to, um, make my, my physical health better. I want to be healthier and feel healthier and feel fit. Uh, so while the art career is working my brain, you know, I have to dedicate my body to something because uh, truth be told, when you're sitting for like <laughs> embarrassingly like three to five hours, you know, like every other day doing art, um, it's not the most uh, physically enduring process other than like your wrist, you know, and maybe your neck will get a little sore. Um, but staying active that way keeps me pretty fluid and pretty flexible. So I don't get too sore when I'm just sitting for a couple hours here and there while doing art and studying uh so i'm back home by four working out um usually by 4 30 so i i used to be super invested in working out like i kid you not um i <laughs> i would work out for like three to four hours a day it was basically a part-time job and uh that got a little overboard <laughs> that's when i gained a lot of weight and then i hit like almost 192 pounds and I was super into like the the muscle and the the bodybuilding physique and that was kind of a really big goal for me when I first started working out so that's really what kind of sealed the deal for me when I'm making this also a passion and a lifestyle um since then I dialed it back and, I, and I'm still focusing on more lean muscle instead of just physical mass um I feel like that's a the way a lot of people go when they want to get big um they just you know they just like eat and scarf down the carbs and that's exactly what I did and that's not as healthy so I don't recommend that but um today though I've been trying to keep a balanced diet peace of mind that I'm not eating you know too much sugars here and there or carbohydrates I'm just sticking to simple basic foods and calorie counts when I'm just going throughout my day at work you know from breakfast to lunch to dinner um let me take a swig of my whey protein shake Ugh, good stuff. Chocolate peanut butter. Um, and it's kind of nice. <laughs> it's like a milkshake every day. Um, so yeah, I also try to work out every Monday through Friday. That's another part of my weekly schedule um, to stay healthy in that sector. Um, so by the time I'm finished working out, it's usually around 6 p.m., just around time to eat dinner. Uh, and you could tell by now throughout my entire day, I haven't done anything for art. Um, and that's what I always try to think about how to fit art more into my schedule, at least if I'm not thinking about it during the downtimes at work. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to plan more, you know, time management and plan large projects in a way that's more digestible that I could get stuff done uh, with. So six is around dinner, like I said, and hopefully by seven, seven thirty, uh, I have that all out of the way. And I'm already getting ready to start on my commissions or start on my personal projects for art that I want to share online and try to figure out 
um, what this week's content is. So even for like this week, right now I'm doing this podcast episode. This is going to be just another Tree Bark Weekly, um, not an interview like I, I was originally planning this podcast to be, but I figured I, I like podcasting and I like sharing a perspective. I like engaging with people regardless. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a super like in-depth interview every time. It's just fun to share some things that I pick up here and there every week. Um, so today, at least, I sadly didn't have enough time to get to my art. So at least to put out a podcast is a little bit more simplified and streamlined. Um, you know, I just can just go push record and I'm just going to start talking. Um, so with that, um, I'm trying to fit in art. Yeah, I'm usually working more and more in the evening to late at night. Um, especially if it's a big commission that I'm trying to get done in a timely fashion. So I'll run anywhere from like seven to 10 to even 11 PM is really pushing it for me because, um, by the time it gets to 11, my brain's kind of done from all the work of that day and the caffeine that I've I've consumed. Um, so I'm basically fried by the end of the day and that gives me enough time. Let's see if I go to sleep. Yeah, I've been clocking in around 1030 to 11, um, PM that I've been sleeping. So seven to seven and a half hours is just barely enough to really keep me alert for the next day. Because I noticed if, um, if I get any less than like seven hours, six is kind of pushing it and I'll just feel super dull. Um, and if I'm not, you know, having a swig of of coffee or something like that, oh man, my, my mood just totally drops off cliff and I want to figure out a better way to not be so caffeine reliant. Although that's what's been keeping me on average, like the most productive. So it is, I will admit it is an addiction, uh, caffeine, and it's definitely a stimulus that I've been abusing for (laughs) I guess all of my art career uh, the past couple of years. Um, I never drank coffee before, but then I realized like, oh man, I'm so much smarter and happier when I drink coffee. <laughs> and then I, you know, I, then you just deal with the crash and then maybe sometimes the headaches of having too much coffee. Um, but uh, yeah, that's basically my entire day that I try to repeat every single day. Um, all my close friends, all of <laughs> my family members, They all know that I work out basically every day. Um, And if I'm not working out and if I'm not doing chores, you know, just sprinkled here and there throughout the week, then I'm basically at my desk. I'm basically drawing or doing something online, social media related that that is sort of dedicated to my I'll fully disclose that this is my art business, my art career. And I'm really proud to have the courage to admit that I'm I this is my passion job that I always want to get better at, um, whether it be content creation, but specific, but specifically, you know, digital painting like, oh, my gosh, I just recently finished a lewd piece um, for some Patreon members. And I was really happy with how it came out because uh, I I dedicated my full three-day weekend this past 4th of July to it, and I, I just said, hey, I'm fo- I'm going to focus on this, and I'm going to get all of my favorite references. I'm going to figure out what, what those references did that made the, the points of it really pop and bring in the life to it, and I felt like that I did that. Um, I, pe- I played... It played. <laughs> I paid close attention to the things like rim light, 
my values, my contrast, my atmosphere in the in the painting, and I felt like it's pretty much my best work that I've put out so far. And every uh, succeeding painting, I want to still bring that focus and drive into it. So trying to maintain that has been kind of a mental struggle because I know you know I'm not a robot. I can't handle that type of workflow every single day, but I'm really trying my darndest and this is really motivating to talk and reflect about it because um, the more you do something, the more you get into the habit of doing that thing. And that's why it kind of relates to my workouts. When I'm, you know, pumping iron and feeling the adrenaline and the rush of like exerting myself as much as I can, my body starts to crave that sort of pattern. So even when I'm still kind of feeling out of it, my body has that muscle memory rhythm in it, in it and it's going to start pushing me even without me thinking about it. Okay, go work out. Go, okay, we're going to be doing uh, Monday. Today's Monday. We're going to be doing chest and triceps today. Tomorrow's Tuesday. We're going to be doing back biceps. Wednesday, abs and cardio. Thursday, we're going to be hitting your legs. We're going to be working on lower body. We're going to be doing calves. We're going to be doing uh, thighs, glutes. Um, and then Friday, we're going to be doing a mix of things. It's kind of like my fun day. You're going to be doing shoulders. You're going to be doing biceps, maybe a little back. Throw in some cardio if you'd like. Um, and then by the time the weekend comes, you can chill out. You can recuperate from that and then let yourself build upon that. And I'm, that's like the obsessiveness that I got with my workouts that I always want to translate into my art. And the way that I've been going about art is basically more or less, I would say, inconsistent because with the multitude of projects and mixed media that I've been working with in terms of like types of projects, um, I, I currently have a comic going on. I currently have a logo design to, to work with that I won't reveal too much. Um, I'll just keep that non-disclosed for now, but... Um, it's a different type of art that I have to gear my brain into shifting into each day. Um, so with that, um, with these larger projects that are personal mixed in with other projects for clients, um, it's, it's no less than a challenge to try and manage that. And I really, um, I really feel for the other artists and the other entrepreneurial types to mitigate you know their stress levels and how they deal with the day in day out of harnessing their creative energy and staying motivated and passionate about their work all the while progressing and getting stuff done um that is so hard and it's so underrated as a skill set that people don't often appreciate because it's not seen it's it's all in the background and when people find this is a small rant already <laughs> but um when people find that like oh man the this person this girl or guy or whatever uh, they got so lucky and they were able to you know get get i don't know whatever uh, accreditation for whatever work they got into a movie or people love this thing so much on twitter or whatever that they didn't see the hard work that went into the opportunity that got them that quote-unquote luck for you know them to see that you you hear that expression sometimes um an overnight success is only like it's only backed by hard work that like took 10 years or something like that um <laughs> luck i've heard luck described as when hard work meets opportunity and that's always resonated with me um 
So that's that's where I go with uh, my dedication towards at least doing something um, that I'm very passionate about every day. Um, and that really does put, uh, you know, a little pep in my step <laughs> besides all the caffeine and coffee that I'm drinking. Um, yeah, that, that's what I really think about deeply and it's what keeps me up at night. Um, and that's basically my day to day. Um, if I'm not thinking about this type of stuff, um, I'm trying to do the stuff and that's what's really consumed me right now. I'm 25. I'm, you know, in my mid, I guess, prime and I'm going to try and abuse it the most I can while I have the energy and the, the most amount of free time that I have right now. Um, so that's, I think that's a good direction. It sounds like, um, I can reach a point of burnout really quick, but uh, I'm trying to know where my boundaries are and when to dial things back. Cause it's also responsible to tell people when you're not, you're not just feeling it. Having that understanding with the people you're working with is super vital. And although it's sort of disappointing on both ends to hear like, hey man I can't make this um, deadline or I can't uh, give you the quality that I want to uh, really provide to the team right now because XYZ happened basically like it it sounds like an excuse to say that whatever happened that got myself depressed or just exhausted from the day that was related to art or just from you know the, the, the human condition um that just keeps it keeps good rapport and trust with those people when you're honest about those types of things and if they're understanding and they're people that trust you enough to know that you can get back on the saddle that it's it's totally cool and that's what i really appreciate and respect out of the people that i work with um and the people that support me because when i take on a commission i want them to know that i'm thinking about it all the time And until it's finished and until I love the quality that I get out of it to share and to show that it's finished, um, that's what keeps the trust alive, I think. And that's what makes sure that I can further my business and and still put out really good stuff and build on that and then learn. Um, So again, it's like keeping that rhythm and that kind of muscle memory to, 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 to perform better and have a good work ethic. Um, dang, we're ready. <laughs> I think we're on for like almost 19 minutes already. Um, but yeah, that's the spiel. Um, let's get on with the show and I hope you guys have gotten a little bit more knowledge on how I operate and wh- where I'm coming from. And again, I always want to work towards something, uh, fun and I want to share that with you guys. So, uh, without further ado, okay, you guys take care and enjoy. Rah, rah. Hello, babe. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I tried my model. I, I figured out how to get my dynamic bones to like work in a more friendly manner. Oh, okay. So, you still working in uh, Unity? Yeah, I'm gonna have Discover help me. There's still a few issues with the model, but I gotta I gotta even get Red to join in VR chat sometime. Oh, you can show you some a few pointers. Uh, yeah, to, like, to talk to him, and just, like, oh, hey, you know, like, with some of the issues on the model itself, because I got, like, spikes that are, like, kind of in the off position. Oh, okay. Um, so you'll be And taking... just show him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll just show him in person, like, some of the issues that I've, like, noticed or other people have pointed out. In person in VR? 
Yeah. So okay. hopefully it goes well. I, I don't like bothering them too much. Okay. Um. I might tip them more, to be honest, for having to deal with me so much. Just like, I'm sorry, bro. No, that's it. Yeah, that was exactly... He was so cool about a lot of the stuff that I wanted to tweak, too, that I was just like, hey, here's a little extra dosh, because I know you did a lot of hard work, and I really appreciated it. <laughs> um. Okay, so... Uh, hey guys, welcome to Tree Bark episode. I think we're on 17 already, and yeah, it's been quite a handful so far. Um, but I just, this is just like, um, I, the way that I want to structure it too, babe, like, um, we could do some, like, intro banter, and, oh wait, actually, afraid I missed the intro, let me hit that button, one sec. I don't think you need to re-intro Hey, side note, babe, if I completely cut out, it's because the hotel in it is a pain in the ass, and, uh... Oh, God, yeah, you, you're sounding a little robotic, but that's okay, we'll do our best. Um, uh, am I really sounding robotic? Maybe I should do it after. Um, no, you're good right now. It's just that, like, uh, to let the people know, um, so I'm at home still, and uh, Blarg's still on work travel, so he's dealing with the challenges of, uh, hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I hope, I hope I'm coming through all right. Um, you sound, you sound okay. Oh, and. I, I, I hope so. Okay. And so, I mean, I don't know, like just to update and just, you know, this is kind of like, I guess, pre-show stuff. Um, even though I did like a pre-pre-show anyway. Um, how have you been, babe? How's your week been? Even though it just started two days ago. <laughs> Going uh, I would say, uh, I mean, work-wise, it's quote-unquote going smoothly. I mean, for the most part, everything's working to where it needs to be, so it's like, oh, cool, what's gonna really uh, eat up all my time? Oh, okay. Um, besides, <laughs> but I was just kind of wondering, too, on my own end, like, is, uh, you know, like the pandemic and anything hindering a lot of the progress or have things been like uh, getting better? So it's kind of, it's so-so, so it's still a developing situation. So like work-wise, not too much. We're still able to do our thing, you know, do our work, get in there, still have to, you know, be clean and be safe and check temperatures and make sure, you know, you're feeling good and all that stuff. As for, like, the state-wise, it's a little different, and you kind of have to keep it dynamic. So, like, right now... In California, right? Because... And, and, and it's just because of the way people are handling this situation. It's not, like, the best, but, you know, each is to their own. We just try to uh, keep each other safe to the maximum extent. Yeah. But just because... It's surging back up. They're shutting down the restaurants again and just making it like essentially delivery. They haven't fully decided to go on a lockdown. So we'll see if they, they actually do that where they just go on a full lockdown or not. Yeah. But, uh, what, what do you think about that wishy-washiness? Because, I mean, I know it's so hard and complicated to try and manage this thing for everybody in the country and across the world. But when you see you know, like this resurgence, this second wave, like we all knew that it was coming. Um, do you feel like the governors and the politicians are sort of used to like the hecticness already and now they're still kind of lightening up or are they going to double down on a lot of stuff? So I don't know enough information like to the individual governor or anything like that, 
And, like, mine would just be all, like, based on opinion and, like, what I know so far. Yeah. But... I think it... I mean, I get... It depends on the governor to governor, because not all governors or mayors are all the same, or, like, in terms of, like, how they want to handle it. Yeah. And the people are going to react is all going to be different, and that can kind of coincide with, like, how they want to handle it also. So... Um... I don't know, that's kind of a weird answer because it's not really a concrete answer to give for it. Like, I'd like to say that people could better handle it and still keep everything open. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're all kind of in this weird pseudo thing. The other thing, too, to take in consideration is um, maybe our testing's gotten better, too. Because the testing from the start wasn't always that great, and hope I think we've kind of maybe maybe we've gotten to a point where we're pretty good at now testing in a more realistic manner. Yeah. Um. Like, how have you seen like you you know you mentioned restaurants and stuff kind of closing back? Is that like only in the state of California or? Like what? What uh, have you seen otherwise? Because we still like the one thing that I'm thinking about is that at least like compared to when the hype was for the whole pandemic, we now have our hiking trails open and we have beaches back open, and it seems like we have a lot more things open now, even though we have the second wave. Um, but well, I mean Hawaii, for the most part, because it's kind of weird. Like Hawaii hasn't been hit too hard for what it is, and I don't. Know. I don't know if that stems from like our tests, like is our testing is good, mm-hmm. our policy has been going good, which I'd like to believe that you know Hawaii is doing good, and that you know a few of the factors like one are isolated and pretty much you know we have the ability to kind of quote unquote close borders. Yeah, <laughs> our borders the ocean. <laughs> no, yeah. So like um in a recent like at at my day job I I do follow the governors um email updates for our branch and um some of the things that they mentioned in like our reopening of the public libraries um we're slowly getting back into our normal hours and hours of operation but um that's only on the staff side we are still doing front door services for the public and we're slowly trying to acquaint ourselves back with our regular work routines and the public um visiting hours so it seems like it's still heading in this positive direction where we're slowly opening back up and it feels like everyone has the the understanding that, hey, we're wearing masks, we're keeping six feet social distancing, and it's kind of become no- the norm instead of this whole new thing that, you know, everybody has to get used to. Yeah, I mean, and hopefully it stays that way because it, especially for like a lot of the businesses, because there's been a lot of businesses that's already been like, like you know a lot of businesses are negatively affected and they're not able to like you know stay open or have the capacity to to handle this situation at all oh i did hear one little thing about um the very small businesses like the mom and pop shops for places that have like Uh under like an occupancy of like 15 people they can start opening up you know with the health guidelines that a lot of other venues are where where it's like you know, keep the six feet, um, guarantee you have to wear a mask. Um, and I know some restaurants, yeah, they are open at half capacity or maybe even closing again, but at least the small businesses that are really in need of a lot of, 
um, business, <laughs> some some cash flow are slowly um, popping up here and there. So I've heard that in the good news. Yeah, and and that's good. As much as like it, it still hurts because it's like half pop. And even then, like there's still people out. You know, some people are like pretty um, kind of wishy-washy. But with that, you know, there's there's still like those you know doing takeout and stuff like that. Which does kind of, which does help them. It's like if you do take out and like Uber Eats or just, you know, order it and pick it up kind of thing. And it still helps the businesses out a lot too. Yeah, especially like, um, I guess all of the businesses that are online, the ones that I'm thinking of, like video game companies and whatnot, they're probably booming the, the best where they don't need a physical, yeah. yeah, they don't need like a physical retail space. So automatically I'm thinking of VR stuff and like that's kind of even what we've been focusing on recently yeah and it's kind of interesting to see like the surgeon like it it helps you know in some ways later down the line but like (laughs) i wish it didn't have to you know we didn't go through a pandemic to like get to (laughs) yeah even switches are like sold out and just like yeah the company you know there's some companies that are making out great just and, and that sounds really wrong when I say it like that. It's like, yeah, the pandemic's bad, and it's like, oh yeah, but somebody's making out great out of it. It's like, it's not the best way to to label it, but um, I don't know. At least people are like still trying to make the the best of what's happening and whatnot. Yeah, like uh, what me and Hattie was talking about before was like really cool things from companies, like um, even Pornhub would uh. Uh, offer like premium membership for free for like uh, this like past two months or something like that yeah that was really that, that was <laughs> really I, I mean don't get me wrong like there's some people who have just you know the uh well, stigma against Pornhub and porn in general but like Pornhub seems pretty down on like what's going on to be honest yeah They're pretty part of a of a or of a website that's just like oh there's shit going down you know what we're gonna do we're gonna make it awesome for all of you to stay home and uh, bank it real stay, hard stay productive <laughs> i guess <laughs> productive in a in a very human human sense yeah yeah at its very core and uh, like even like steam summer sales like oh my gosh you can get buco deals now and <laughs> apparently, apparently steam summer sales broken oh what happened uh if you watch um oh god who's the one british youtuber oh there's a lot of those i know there's a lot of those <laughs> it's also irish and scottish hold on I know. uh and brit that's what it is oh yeah he's pretty cool yeah he's he's kind of a funny person to watch but yeah so <laughs> he did he did a video of how the steam cells broken and, like, and to summarize it it's um you literally have two accounts and you gift an account or you gift the game to an account you get points because you've spent money on that game. Okay. And the other thing too is you have to have like gift money, like money that's in your Steam account already. So you gift the game to the account, you get the points, but then that account is like, oh no, I don't want that. So the money goes back to you. But you keep the points. But you keep the points. Whoa. And you also, and you also keep the cards that are like associated or something. And it's kind of ridiculous. So, so he he was demonstrating that I don't, I don't know who the actual like if it was him that he actually found it out or if it was like somebody from his community but it's just kind of ridiculous it's like wow I, they broke it again 
So you can, like, basically grind points for as long as you can until they fix that issue, and you could just bank those. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they fixed it already. I don't, I'm not sure. But it's an interesting video nonetheless. Like, oh. Then- like, a lot of <laughs> videos in general are pretty interesting, to be honest, because it just shows, like, you know, how thing- things can be just broken. That sounds like us when we first started in Animal Crossing, New uh, New Horizons, and then we just we <laughs> exploited. broke. Yeah, we exploited the uh, economy in that game because uh, early on, if you guys didn't know, there was a, dupli- a duplicating glitch. Where There's you- still some, to be honest. I think I it's see it's yeah. less efficient than what we had before, but but basically, for the people that didn't know, um, you could set up a box with two players, and as you spun it. Um, if you withdrew the item, the item would glitch and it would still stay there, but then you would also get the item in your inventory. So as soon as we found that out, I was searching day and night for hours looking for the royal crown that was worth 3 million bells. And, oh, we made... Not 300,000. It was, well, like 300,000 resale price? Yeah. It was, like, absurd. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. And I know... Yeah, we... We also learned that you can overdrive how many bells you can have in your inventory to the point where they don't give any bells. Like, yeah, oh. I sold. Yeah, little did I know because I was so excited to sell a whole inventory of crowns that if you surpass 12 million bells because you don't have the inventory in your own pockets to hold that much money, it just cancels out the sale. But you lose your whole inventory, which I was so salty about. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. But um, actually, yeah, since we're on the topic of video games, I wanted to talk about VR and like what we've been kind of up to. So I recently was, I got the Oculus Quest, you know, um, thanks hey. as a gift. I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and it couldn't really be any better time because not only because of, you know, like the whole quarantine stuff, but um, VR is doing really well and it's still continuing to grow and a lot of support is still being like fueled into the VR community and I I like learning more about different headsets and like what's your best bang for buck and it turned out to be the Oculus Quest and having the ability to have in-out tracking and having um, uh, VR chat uh, with the link cable so you can see everybody's avatar was the perfect setup for me and it's not the super bougie Valve Index that you have but like what do you think of the comparison? I, I don't know, I like, like watching a lot of the reviews and stuff like that. So there's like Thrill Seeker and then like some of the like, you know, like VR Oasis and stuff like that. But like there's like a general consensus that, you know, the wireless, the wireless play itself, like especially like for people getting into VR that the Oculus has, even though it may not be a super powerful chip to handle like direct stream over Wi-Fi, um, it's still... Uh, really good. And then the link, and if you really want to play like those even more high-powered games, you can link cable it up and essentially do the same there. Yeah, so, it's like, pretty crazy. Oh, like just getting getting into it, like it's still got a hefty price tag to it because it's essentially like you're buying it your own console, like even more expensive than the console in some senses. Yeah, what? so the the system itself does go for like three ninety nine. No, uh, was it three or four ninety nine? And 
that doesn't that doesn't often include if you go to the enthusiasts who get all these accessories to improve the comfort and whatnot because you do get a bare bones setup with just uh the headset and then you have the two controllers and then the basic link cable which doesn't increase the fidelity or give you that extra power um you you don't get a whole lot of cool accessories which a lot of people are going to be like you know like totally recommending if you want more comfort if you want more um like stability and like get the most out of your your accessories yeah so on the website it says you know i guess they've ran out of the 64 again it's uh 400 bucks it's like 399 oh okay yeah the 128 gig is like 500 now there is like there's link like if you want to go into the link cable direction there is um, alternative link cables and stuff that have people have found to work very well with it and do the same thing. But if you decide to go with the Oculus Oculus, it's like 80 bucks, I think, or something. For that so, beta link cable, yeah. Yeah, just for the link cable. So it's, it's a little, little pricey. I will advocate, though, that that cable is beefy and it's really high quality, so I really... I wouldn't want to mess with anything else that might be third party because I have seen some reviews where it's not either providing the power or the data required for the bandwidth to keep the performance up. So kind of sticking with the same brand that it was designed for might be you know, more expensive, but maybe better off. Yeah. So <laughs> um, as far as like VR chat was concerned, um, recently there was a virtual Anthrocon. Did you catch any uh, whiff of that, babe? Yeah, so I was there for a little bit. Uh, we were hanging out one of the weekends, but I was also I was busy that weekend too. Yeah. Um. For the I went. Yeah, I went with a couple of other friends too into the scene. But then every time I joined, it was just a huge kind of lag fest because it was so popular at the time. Um. Did you get to go to any of the panels or events? I was just kind of in the main uh boardroom, just checking out the scene. Yeah, no, I was in the I was in the lobby or more of the dance area. We're all just chatting and chilling out. I was thinking that like maybe this is the future. Like we just got a little taste of it already. So maybe we'll be seeing more of these virtual live events with people like it was really cool to see some people DJ and then do um I think some people showcase some dancing vids that they shot in real life but you know in their own homes and stuff in fursuit for the dance the dance videos. That's kind of cool, actually. So I did, yeah, I did get a sense of like, even though I only went to one con, was there like a bit of like con feel for you there? You know, even though it was VR? Yeah. Okay, then I think that's mission accomplished at least to begin with. So. Yeah, I, I mean, they did, I think, who was it? There was another group. Uh, Ferality, I think was the one. Like, I, I won't say that the, the first one, because I don't know. But they're definitely one of the one like first one that I know that like try to organize a con essentially, like a virtual con, and it kind of it worked. It, I think it's really impressive. And then I think AC took took to that, and I think that was really cool that they decided to do that direction. The one that um, I'm excited for that's unfortunately not VR is the Minecraft con. Like it's I think it's just called Nonstop Con or something like that. Um. 
Do you know when that's supposed to happen? Uh, July, I think that's, yeah, July 18th. So that'll be in the upcoming Saturday. Not this Saturday, but the next. Hey. Um, I don't know when the sure. times is, but I'm, I think it's like two or three days long where it's a full Minecon and they're showcasing artwork. I'm actually going to be in some of the galleries. I submitted some of my pieces to showcase. Um, so that'll be really cool to see other artists as well. Nice. Is there like a whitelist kind of thing or like, is it, uh, just as long as there's room in the server? Um, yeah, at the time, um, as far as, like, guests of honor are concerned, I think they're already, uh, sorted, um, but to get into it, I think you just have to go in and join the server. I don't know how much people they can hold, um, but, yeah, it'd be really cool to at least see if you can get in, um, I don't know. My art will be there, but I don't even know if I could actually get in there, <laughs> so we'll see, and then we'll update you guys. Um, Hopefully. I, It'd be kind of fun to roam around in that. One of the things is like that I was thinking about for the artists there is like how do you like how do you transition from a physical dealer's den or physical um, panel to the digital? You know, like is it all gonna be just you know voice chat for everything for everybody that passes by you, or is it gonna be hard to like make a line if people want want to see your art and talk to you about organizing commissions? How do you think that's gonna play out? Like in terms of VRC or Minecraft? Um, I mean, actually, either because when even when I was in VR chat, I've... I I found it kind of. Dis- disorienting because people can jump they can clip through people it can really be a real <laughs> kind of mess but hopefully if, if people are you know pretty chill it, it should be okay i mean maybe I and mean, you can <laughs> that uh, it's kind of a, like a, a fair game like you can try organize it and like establish some sort of like ruling to like catch those who are not trying to or catch those who are being obnoxious yeah i assume hope yeah oh yeah i, I guess mo- uh, moderators would be really important though to play security yeah moderators are always important admins and moderators yep just in general too like especially if you have to handle such a large crowd like you do need uh, like that that backbone of support yeah i'm i'm just so happy that people are still organizing stuff for a large crowd of people to enjoy that's just super cool and um it shows how even the fandom can adapt and change during like weird times <laughs> yeah and the staff don't get the staff doesn't get things enough for having to deal I'm, with everything at once i'm yeah that's especially 100%. like when the hard especially the hard hard cases for like if drama crops up or something related to the staff and it's just like trying to handle it oh yeah that can always be kind of sticky i imagine but if yeah as long as they're pretty open about the rules cut and dry that seems like a good direction to go to um yeah but that's i mean that's kind of all i had about vr i don't know did you have anything else related to vr that you wanted to talk about or like video games i've seen vr is just a lot of fun um i have still like a few vr games that i haven't really tried out that i probably should take the time to like uh this is one puzzle one the room vr a dark matter so i don't know if you ever played the room in general but it's this cell phone game and it's just a puzzler you're supposed to go through and uh 
solve all these puzzles. Ooh, was that um an original like old PC click click and point kind of adventure game? It's kind of, it's kind of in the in that in that sense, but it's like it, it has a lot more interaction and stuff like that. So if you watch, was it Chris? Chris? What was that? Chris who? Hold on, let me find him real quick. Chris. Okay. Um, yeah, like, I guess as far as, like, Oculus game goes, I did have my eye on Superhot. That one's a pretty well-known game, and, uh, Beat Saber is really good. If you guys haven't tried that, like, it's so fun to get into the rhythm and slice blocks. It's super satisfying. Um. That's how we mod it, uh, too, because you can access so many... Tr- way more songs. Just, just be aware that the difficulty between them are not the same. Like the the songs that are already built in are uh, really good at being uh, same throughout. So if you do hard on one song, it'll stay consistent of being hard on all the other ones. While the custom made ones are uh, kind of all over the place. Oh yeah, so you can, it's kind of a crapshoot. You might not know what you get. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's the uh, so Chris Chris Ramsey so. He's the one that does a lot of puzzles and stuff like that, and a lot of these puzzle boxes. And he did uh, one video on The Room, which was just, again, a, a mobile game that's all interactive, and you just solve these puzzles. And like you said, it is kind of like one of those click adventure ones, but in the sense where you have to like rotate dials or you know open things up or use clues around the room. It sounds like an escape room, actually, kind of based on that description. Kind of, yeah. So, like, they've developed more into escape rooms. So, I think what I've heard about the A Dark Matter is it's supposed to be more kind of escape roomy, since it's in VR and you can just walk around and interact with everything in a different way. But I have yet to try it out myself, so I'll have to do that at some point. Oh, that'd be really cool if they could actually make a, an escape room-based VR game where you can collaborate with people in VR. That would be super cool. Yeah, you give somebody the idea. I know, well, don't, I'm not... Yeah, I don't have the know-how, but if if somebody out there does, by all means, take that idea. I would totally love to play it. <laughs> I'll make... Yeah. But, yeah, but then it would, it would be like, you'd have to make multi, either multiple rooms or, like make it so that it can generate in a very specific way or, you know, change all the combos and still make sense. Yeah, make the proper events to trigger and stuff. I, it, that sounds, like, so cool, and I, I bet it's possible. Even if it's, like, super simple, like, in like in VR chat, if, I, I bet somebody could make a simple engine. Um, That'd be really Maybe, cool. I don't know. I don't know the extensive of VR chat. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's <laughs> a, I mean, they've already made it so you can fly jets in VR chat, which is kind of interesting. That was so cool. Like, how was that experience for you from going from desktop to like a VR version? Way more immersive to the point of where, yeah, if it felt like the jet was leaning to one way and if I wasn't in real space and time, leaning with the jet, it would give me disorientation um, because I wouldn't be sitting at my desktop and then just looking at my screen rotate instead of like my whole periphery rotating that's what was way more immersive but also kind of uh like nausea inducing yeah until you get your vr legs and then (laughs) motion sickness i guess yeah but the vr chat has helped quite a bit like i'm not doing those super like high-end jet 
you know, simulators or anything like that, but just walking yeah. around in the worlds. Like, um, we have our room set up now where we can, we have a retractable bed now in Blargenized room. So when I, uh, put the bed up and I have all this room, I can actually walk within the boundaries set within uh, the headset. And then that keeps me like pretty well balanced. So that if you guys want to try and get your VR legs, I would really recommend just having a nice play space to begin with. Or, you know, a sizable standing space will work too. And just something to like at least work in and not feel so constrained so you can actually like get more um, breathing room, I guess. Yeah, you don't want to be hitting um, your desk or anything with your hands and then getting a bruise <laughs> or something. I've done that way too many times. I haven't gotten bruised from it, but I have hit the desk. I did, times. and I didn't even play VR. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I don't know how you managed that one either, babe. You whacked me in the head. <laughs> okay, that was my own fault how? for getting way too immersed, and I felt super bad. For no, yeah, I don't slapping you like that. And no, I was, like, oh. I was legit. I think I was like drawing art or just looking at something stupid on Twitter, and then I was sitting at my desk, and then uh, the babe he's playing. I think I was it um Boneworks or was it Half Life no, Alex? It was. It was Pistol Whip. Which oh is wow. Kind of- <laughs> Saber, except you shoot things and you can pistol whip yeah which me. <laughs> i pistol whipped you because you happen to be in that direction and then i felt it and then i stopped stopped everything <laughs> like oh my god yeah so i got a bonk and i was like what the hell and i was like oh i was in the zone i think i was wearing my headphones so there was a little bit of cushion i think it was okay there you go babe you got the the horny bonk that's what it was have you oh. seen that meme? Oh, you're horny. Go to horny jail. Yeah, or the the Doge where he he bonks you on the head. <laughs> yeah, I seen those. Um, yeah, they're dumb. So yeah, just make sure you have enough spl- uh, space to play VR. And there's actually, if you're not up and about, there is a stationary mode, so you guys can just play from your chair or anything. It's pretty easy to rotate. Um, at least I I get those two modes within the Oculus for some games. Is is that an option too for the Valve Index? For which? Uh, the the Valve Index, if you want stationary mode or something. Um. So there. So when you're setting up in Steam VR, you can set up either room room size or standing. But the or I'm sorry, room size or standing still. Okay. That's for setting up just your play space. But in terms of like whether you're playing seated or playing standing, that is very dependent on the game. Okay, gotcha. So it's actually a setting like that VR. Yeah. So like VR Chat has it where you can stand or sit, as long as you're not playing. If you're doing full body trackers, then it's kind of whatever. Cause it's just gonna track to who you are. Oh, that's so cool. That's like another thing I wanted to touch on while we're on the topic of VR, cause like, cause when you started with the Valve Index, and you didn't have the pucks, cause they're sold separately individually, and they're not cheap, but they're really cool once you get them. Um, how did your experience change when you got them? It's very, you can do a lot of things, that's for sure. Your character won't do the, 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 the half VR shuffle anymore. (laughs) So you can kind of, you know, actually fluidly look like you're moving, which isn't like with the exception of actually like moving, moving your character, but just in general, like it's just kind of crazy. To be able to fluidly move and to like be animated in any particular way that you want, and 
like even crouching down is kind of satisfying or sitting down or just laying down is satisfying because it's you know you yourself in there yeah you're actually puppeteering and like we're okay i know we don't have hoverboards or anything in 2020 and and whatnot like we're not super high tech in that way but like to have yeah i know (laughs) to have well we do have like self-lacing shoes you know um what was what is that 2016 right there i think okay actually yeah i think that was a couple years ago um but um having full body tracking is literally like video game technology that giant studios only had like a decade ago or movie industries and now we can do it like in the comfort of our own homes that's so cool i guess you're more recent oh maybe it was like a demo of it that was like a long time ago but i guess what's more commercial um, for what the the lacing shoes? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're on those. Um, yeah, I went to look at it because I, I swear that was like a few years ago where they mentioned that it's like, oh yeah, look at these self lacing shoes, and they like kind of look ridiculous a little bit. Like why? Yeah, they're huge, and then they even have these like little motors. So when you step into the shoe, it has these little activation motors in the sole, and then it tightens these little wires that are wrapping around your foot. But it's all underneath the material, and it's kind of cool to see it do that but then it's just like oh i can get the same effect with a slip-on shoe and some stretchy elastic but that's the future it's just just, yeah that's the future and you know what it's gonna be a dlc in order to like lace your own shoes in vr or (laughs) Or, no the 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 actual shoes i'm sorry i got sidetracked shoe dlc oh my gosh we're at that point dlc everything from Thrill Seeker, there was an interesting news video where uh, I guess there's a patent that Sony released where um, they're trying to figure out ways to to take over advertising space in VR. Whoa, what what's the story there? Uh, you'd have to watch the video, but it uh, I'll, I'll link it to you later. But it it's like areas on the screen where they could put advertising and like advertise towards you. And he was talking about, like, kind of an idea of, like, it, it could go in a really bad direction where since we get, you know, eye trackers are coming out for VR headsets and, like, you know, more modern monitoring comes into the sense. Yeah. With, you know, the analytics could use that at, um, that data to sense, like, to track things and try to better advertise and they're going to really hone in and tune to like your human acuities to do certain things and then and then sort of gamify those habits. It may be, but you know, that's very dystopic view on it. That is it's it reminds me of like uh, did you ever see that Futurama episode where Leela and Fry went into the like cyber world and there were all those ads that would like shoot into their brains and stuff and in their dreams even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. It's been yeah. a while, but oh my gosh, that is, <laughs> that, if anything, if somebody's gonna, like, go into my dreams while I'm sleeping and then shoot underwear advertisements into my brain, I don't know if, like, that would be, like, you know, like, an invasion of privacy and stuff, like, who knows what advertising companies are gonna be doing. Um, yeah. That's just scary, but uh, it's it's totally within the realms of possibility. I don't discount that either. 
but yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting though. Like when we do get more eye tracking and stuff, it's, it's going to unlock more abilities. Cause like when you're in VR and you have your rig, your eyes are already in this state of idle animation. So it's looking a little bit lifelike, but it's, you can tell it's not super looking at you, right? When you're talking to another person. See, um, I don't know. It's, it's, so it seems kind of weird because sometimes, like, I always forget because when it does look at you, it you get that weird sense of feeling that you're being looked at. Yeah. You know, you're actually talking to them, but who knows that maybe their eyes are closed or something and they're just resting it, but their character model is open or something. <laughs> yeah. But so far, <laughs> all of the emotes and stuff is that kind of puppeteering that you have to make um, sort of reflexive. And, like, for the people who are really veteran at VR chat, like, I'm sure even even for you, like, making those winces or you know pointing or something with the trigger is super like intuitive now a, a little bit it's just it's just interesting just the way the interaction especially like how far you can get the puppeteering to go and like there is some people yeah who have really good experience but it's like kind of remembering too because each model is not the same so somebody else could put an uh, like say a smiling animation and a different gesture or something so you'd have to it's like also like learning your puppet yeah you kind of like that that one dude who uh you know played with his raptor puppet and and gave it more like a very lifelike feel that was really cool i like it when they give like the kind of doggy features and then start playing that. oh yeah yeah that's really cute for some reason you can make any anything a dog <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah you put it or or a cat or just like a mix of or just something yeah something you can pet ah uh, see that's that's how it gains your trust yeah, if you pet it, it it, oh, it just, will love me. Just don't give it a just don't name it, then you'll be attached. <laughs> See, and then and that's why you want to stick your face inside the uh the cat belly when it's laying down. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I can. And then I sneeze. I could do that to Luna though. That's our dog. I'm not I'm allergic to cats, but not dogs. I don't know why. Uh but she's a butt sometimes. Yeah, she's got cat-like features sometimes, too. And then she likes to play a lot. Um, so, okay, uh, I, that was kind of the video game talk. I know it was majority of the podcast so far, but... Um, oh, yeah. I have... I, no, um, so actually, I was working with one of our other friends. Uh, his name's Hattie, and... Well, I mean, you know Hattie already, Blarg. And he... Uh, I know. <laughs> A little bit. You would say he's a he's close gonna friend. Listen. He's, he's going he's gonna to listen to this and be like, well, that's me probably um but he was uh really cool and he helped me um so when i want to i do want to have um some structure to the show now so i have uh written out like there would be a little bit of intro banter then maybe talk about like a little video game corner talk you know go into like topical news or silly memes and stuff like that so since we were on the topic of video games um i'm gonna slice in right now um a little snippet and review for you guys um from hattie so what um he's gonna like you know offer some like mini reviews or recommendations for you guys and just offer his ideas um and i thought that was really cool to at least collaborate and i was really happy that he could you know spend some time helping uh, add more content to the show so here's hattie hey it's me uh today we're reviewing gunfire reborn it's 13 dollars, which is a really big selling point for me usually because i'm cheap in fact, I'd probably suck someone off for less than that much money. The game is a roguelike shooter that's very reminiscent of Doom. It's even got dashes and shit. 
Only thing it's really missing from Doom is melee attacks and vertical mobility stuff, but that's fine, you don't really need all of that to have a good time. Other than that, the guns are very much set up in the same way as Dead Cells or Borderlands, where you just kinda have a standard gun with a bunch of wacky modifiers on top of it. Bosses are good fun, and it's certainly hard enough to keep entertaining if you like dying and suffering over and over again to get 5% extra damage permanently. Overall, for an early access game, it's certainly at least worth the price tag. Also, everyone is furries, and the Twitter for it retweets not safe for work art of the character, so that's cool. Okay, bye bye uh, so moving on from that, closing off the video game talk, uh, we could go into a little bit of topical news slash kind of stupid news. Um, we do have our Telegram chat filled with a couple of articles like over the week that we would be, um, throwing in here and there and it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of ones that stem a while back from the last time we talked, like the... Do you want to start from the giant fox statue one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I wonder how long it actually took him, but it looks amazing. What? <laughs> uh, oh my god, where was it? Was it so? Uh, or where did it end up? Do you want to go give the quick uh, rundown of the summary of the article, or do you want me to start with the article? Okay, so oh man, I think I would butcher it because it's it's definitely a. Uh... Oh yeah, this is in uh, is this in uh, Sweden? Where is this based in? Uh, let me scroll through real quick. Um, yeah, I cannot. Florentijen Hoffman? <laughs> oh, no, that's the person. That's the, that's person. the artist. Yeah. Oh, Rotterdam. I don't know where that is. Where is Rotterdam? Hold on. I got you, baby. But you can uh, go through the article. Okay, I'll kick us off. So, um, actually, we could play some music, too. Um... So, uh, Florentin Hoffman's gigantic fox wanders yep. through the gray streets of Rotterdam. As a part of a larger body of sculpture essays, Dutch artist Flor Florentin Hoffman, I totally killed that, uh, introduces a monumental boss podler fox, the urban fabric of Rotterdam. And just like kind of giving you guys a description of what it looks like, it's literally a giant sculpture of a fox um, overlooking a street with a little bag in his mouth and he's like it looks really cute <laughs> uh, yeah. so it is a 16 meter long animal that towers overhead a congested intersection uh, which separates the neighborhoods of Bospodler and Tussendijken <laughs> an area of the city where in the evening foxes are commonly seen with the enormous public artwork the artist suggests a clash between the two realms of the city and nature um, so it is a you know, typically, like, these art pieces are a huge statement to, like, maybe current issues and stuff. So it seems like uh, there's some uh, rubbish that they ought to clean up. Uh, but it's super, uh, it's super cute. And <laughs> I know a lot of macro and micro furs would love to take pictures in front of it. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. So uh, I did look it up. So Rotterdam is in the netherlands oh okay oh, it's it's really well so, done this is just yeah it's a very interesting sculpture of a fox you know what? it's more efficient than uh that one gif of the fox eating all that bread just like <laughs> with mouth and just a whole loaf of bread just stuck in there 
<laughs> I want, I, you know, I think that was the Chernobyl fox, and then they gave him slices of bread and different like sandwich ingredients, and then he freaking made a sandwich. He made an actual sandwich. No way. Yeah, because every slice of bread he didn't eat right away, so he he stacked them in his mouth, and it made a full sa- uh, like three layered sandwich. <laughs> that is super dorky. That's so cool. Like, um, I wonder what they're going to be doing after uh, they... <laughs> I, I don't know how long this art piece is going to be standing there. Um, maybe Hopefully somebody... For a while. Maybe somebody can, like, like, bid for it or something. Or maybe they'll just tear it down. Who knows? But it's super uh, cool. It's under Design Boom if you guys want to check it out. Um, I'll try to leave some links in the description below. And uh, you guys can just go check it out. Um, so that was a little bit of an old one. Uh, do you want to move on to the next one? Yeah, hold on. I think my Twitter just went... The Twitter app on Windows is kind of dumb sometimes. So, uh, I, even though we just said we passed the game news section. So, the one that I think quite a few people are excited for, and which I'm kind of surprised came back, is Pokemon Snap. And I did personally enjoy the game myself. I'm really surprised that the game came back because I, I want to see it was kind of niche because I don't think it was as popular as the other, other games. Yeah, like I never played the original Pokemon Snap, but was there only one version of the game since like the N sixty four? Yeah, the N sixty. As far as I know, N sixty four was um like kind of the the only Pokemon Snap, and the fact that they're, they're essentially making another one is kind of crazy. Because like after that, a lot of the other games was just either other Pokemon or the Mystery Dungeons and um, like the Colosseums. Yeah, those were all not mainline games, but kind of these spin-offs that were really like well received by the community. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just surprised either A, that it took this long for Pokemon Snap to come out, I guess. And then just the fact that it did it in general. Yeah, that's like th- that when Nintendo does a throwback like this, like, oh my gosh, you're gonna like reinvigorate all the hardcore fans, the OGs. And yeah, wait until they do Sunshine. Oh my god, my heart would melt. I would love Sunshine Remake, please. How, 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 they, <laughs> how they grab everyone? I know. It's just like, oh, we're gonna grab you and you're gonna. We're gonna drop you in this nostalgic bath, and you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, just just take my money already, Nintendo. Take just more my money. money away. <laughs> um, cause I don't know, like when it comes to Pokemon Snap, I when I was just a kid, the things that were exciting were just the mainstream games to me. When I had my old GBA and stuff, like Pokemon Emerald, that was huge in my heyday. And um, these other games that weren't mainstream kind of just threw me off because it's like, oh, it's not the main series game. But I like how in this new HD version, you get like this glimpse of the Pokemon in a really real life setting that makes it seem like the world is all that more authentic. And I love that. The uh, Let's see if, yeah, it's like so if you could actually go out and catch Pokemon, but I guess that's more like Pokemon makes, Go. You know what was another niche one that I can think of? The, uh, Hey You Pikachu, I think is what it was called. The one with the microphone. Oh, what could you do in that game? Uh, I forgot exactly. You'd you'd have to look it up, but I think it's like you could be able to talk to, or quote unquote, talk to Pikachu and interact with them with your voice and still play. You know, this is an N64 game. 
Oh wow, they had a mic for the N64. Let me make sure. Yeah, hold on. Let me make sure I got this. Okay, that's pretty dope. I mean, the <laughs> that was so funny. Like, yeah, when you had uh, Pokemon Yellow, was it? You could even. Oh yeah. You could even have Pikachu follow you, and like that was the dopest thing ever. Okay, so here this is from Wikipedia, but yeah, Hey You Pikachu, um, was released in the two thousands. Wow. In America, so this is pretty old. What? But yeah, what could you make Pikachu do? Which is super weird. Um. I don't remember. This was a really long time ago. Maybe you could just say hi and then he'll like make a little zappy sound or something. Oh, there we go. Yeah. It, it used, This is one of the two games that utilizes the N64's voice recognition unit. Oh my god, I didn't even know it had that. Yeah, no, I, my uh, uncle had one. Wow, this is, this is so weird. This <laughs> blast from the past. I'm even learning but, new things about recognition units. We're just, we're just, just like niche. I, I don't know. It's you know, Nintendo like tried out a lot of things. To be honest, yeah. Of, even they even they, had like, VR. Wash out. <laughs> they had the virtual yeah, they, boy. <laughs> but you know, a lot of the ideas wash out and stuff like that. And then they just research later when you know technology is good enough to like do that. They even had that um little camera adapter for one of the, like the GBC or something like that, where you could take a picture. And I know those things weren't super successful, but yeah, they're they're really highlighting that point where Nintendo just tried stuff, and whatever stuck was really cool. <laughs> and they still do, along with a, a bunch of other companies. Like I would say, like for Microsoft, the, there was the Kinect, and it was good for its time, but it kind of fell out. Yeah. A lot of people didn't utilize, you know, a lot, it was a very niche kind of thing. Now the VR community is using it a little bit more <laughs> as like a cheap way of doing, um, uh, full body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to move on to the next one or like the CNN article with the <laughs> little Caesars? Or... Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> do you want to uh, read that one? Yeah. If you, if you want to do that one, I, I was going to go do the, uh, you want to do the, the following one? Yeah, so I guess in <laughs> New Zealand, some funny artists decide that drawing one of those cartoony Roadrunner tunnels, like those fake ones, to where Eli, uh, what was the coyote's name? The coyote? Wy Wily yeah, Coyote? I think it's Wily Coyote, right? Yeah, and yeah. the Roadrunner, yeah. And the Roadrunner. So this artist, I guess, made a tunnel on the side of a <laughs> of a overpass, and I guess somebody crashed into it. Yeah, this is in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, some cheeky, <laughs> I guess, prankster just legit made a super toony version of a tunnel underneath an actual tunnel or underneath an actual bridge. Yeah, and somebody mistook it and drove into it and had an accident. <laughs> And he's got the, he's even got the Roadrunner painted on the right side of it. Yeah, it's just, it's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think, um, do you have the article covering it? <laughs> um, but they do, oh, wait. They, yeah, they do highlight really quick in the comments that there hasn't been much more information about exactly what happened with most stories about this event simply referencing the Imager post. 
Um, I haven't found much information either to get details or blah, blah, blah. Um, nobody was hurt and I sort of want this to be true. Uh, it's a glorious mess, says the writer. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't know. This is kind of like, I'm sure some freaking prankster would do this. I'm surprised it happen hasn't happened more. Huh. It might actually be fake though. Oh, but really? Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, I just, there was like some, some associated links that suggested it might be Ah, uh, darn. Okay. Uh, I fell for that. I got to do a better job of filtering this, but uh, that'd be, <laughs> it looks, it's still kind of a funny idea though. I would not put it past people to do this though, but yeah. some of that stuff just recirculates. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll move on to the actual one from CNN. Um, and this one was pretty stupid. I don't know. Um, in Ohio, a couple say that they were shocked and disappointed when they opened their ready-made pizza to see pepperonis arranged in the shape of reverse of a reverse swastika Saturday. <laughs> they said things like this keep getting hate. Oh uh, yeah, are keeping hate alive in this world. Um, they told CNN, "All we need, all we need, the exact opposite of right now." Yeah, yeah, couldn't be worse timing actually. But th this was at a Little Caesars, and they. They opened their pizza to a swastika made of pepperonis on their cheese and pepperoni pizza. Um, I don't know. That's just so stupid. I, <laughs> I guess if you're asking to be fired, you would do that. Like, why? Why would? Why would you do that? Yeah. Um. The the husband quotes. Uh, we were literally silent for a few moments. Oh no, Laska said. Uh, Misty, his wife, asked me if I had ordered it and they had to make it and then give it to me on purpose, thinking they were targeting me because they stereotyped me or something. Uh, Laska said he tried to call the store prior to 10 p.m., closing close to closing time, but says their line was busy. Um, that's when we posted this on social media, wanting to express our anger and show our family and friends what kind of place Little Caesars was. The two employees admitted responsibility and were immediately terminated. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is good on the company. They said we have zero tolerance for racism and discrimination in any form. That is really cool. Um, I mean, <laughs> I haven't. I don't know. It's just there's like some things that you really should just listen. To. Yeah, I mean, like what worse timing too? Because like you know, when things couldn't get worse, like we got riots, we got hecticness with police and that's all still going on to this day. But as, as much as, um, you know, the constant coverage is coming through like social media and stuff like, uh, just, I don't know. This kind of went, but social, social media is such a terrible place to like get any frame of reference because it's like, I don't know. There's, there's so, sometimes I think about it a little bit. So there's, there's an issue of echo boxing. Yeah, totally. Like, and then, um, also the whole like internet justice and see, there's, there's times where it's like internet justice has like been pretty good, but there's also been times where it's been pretty like devastating and like, don't get me wrong. There's some people who deserve it. You know, the person who made a false claim to the police, uh, yeah, she kind of deserved that one, but there's, you know, other, other people who've like been proven innocent who've just been like hammered for no reason yeah really it's like because of like the frame of narrative that was that got popular 
so so like getting any um frame of reference to what's really going on is poor when you when you add social media to it because it it's not reliable it's horribly unreliable and i'm not saying that the news news uh there's news sources are any better but at that point you might it's taking that due diligence to see the line between no yeah like you're exactly right because even i catch myself getting caught up into like the swing of things or like that emotional surge sometimes because especially on twitter when you see these little bite-sized comments or little snippets of a post of a news section or of, of some, you know, tragic event that was um, skewed in a way where the person who posted it only showed, like, half of the story or even probably two seconds of the story. And it, it, it frames it with a comment or some or a retweet comment saying, look at this injustice or whatever, and you look at that little snippet of the post and then you're all riled up and you're like, yeah, f that guy. Uh, I can't believe they did that. They they've done that, or they would say this, or X Y Z. But then you check out like some other videos on YouTube that this was taken from, and it turns out that this was from like five years ago from a speech that was taken entirely out of context, and then it's reused to create yeah these um, narratives that are false to to up the echoes of this person trying to make this claim that is clearly biased. Yeah, which is it's going to be even more entertaining when deep fakes get even even harder. Oh, that is super scary uh, to and, detect. And even though, yeah, there's AI to counteract it and stuff like that. Yeah, fight AI with AI fire. <laughs> it's like the fact that because as much as we're flexible and have like a quote unquote a lot of capacity for you know a bunch of things, we we're still very susceptible to a lot of. BS. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. And I, it'd be really cool <laughs> to have some kind of app or something that screens all of your information and news in a way that that sort of makes it more like concise and you know validates it. But I guess you can only really get those services through subscriptions for like paid news sites and stuff. To, Maybe, and but that's just but scratching even- the surface. But even then, like, you still have to get more references than that. Like, sure, if there was an app that did it, like, how accurate is the app going to be to go through all of that? Yeah, that's, yeah, it, it's so hard. Especially. Is, there, is there, like, will it be, you know, that even though you try not to have any biased input, you know, there's there's still probably going to be some sort of biased in there. Yeah, so maybe that's take kind of a hard thing. Just take everything online with a grain of salt until you feel really passionate about finding out the the truth, I guess. Yeah, and that, this is kind of all of, all of us to like at least have the like one to suspend disbelief, or yeah, to to suspend disbelief and be a little bit skeptical on the information you receive. So like, yeah, give the person a chance to like give their side of the story mm-hmm. but also be a little skeptical of it too and you know do your oh also additional information gathering and have a conversation about it that's exactly why i'm sort of wary sometimes to retweet things or quote things on twitter because you know yeah like like we talked about already like i don't know what snippet is okay to sort of you know boost or signal boost where it's like showing that I feel this way on this position, but at the same time, how valid is it for me to claim that what this is showing 
is correct. And I don't want other people on that platform being, you know, wrong about that. So it's a really tricky balancing act. Yeah, but I mean, at at the same same time, like yeah, do your research and then put you know, put out put forth of it. But just know that a lot of the situation is what we know at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So when when you're, uh, I guess, spreading information, one of the things, even in some of the terms of agreement for a lot of social social media sites, are not to spread misinformation. Yeah. That's kind of all of us to to do that, and it was kind of interesting because I was reading in my book, and that's where like some of the stuff that I'm like trying to put out and actually learn and then hopefully um, implement for myself is there's gonna always be ambiguity and always like the gray area, and sometimes like you have one uh, to to be aware of the biases and the the follies that you have and just put out the best information at that time and to not say, Oh, I'm going to die on this hill. (laughs) So many people do though. (laughs) With with information. Well, I mean, who's to say that, you know, they're not correct to die on that hill either Mm -hmm. with the information they have. Cause maybe in the end they're right about something. Yeah. But how do you know that without actually doing your own? And even then, you're sure they die on their own hill and you have different information and disagree with them. No one, not everyone's going to agree with each other at some point unless we all get, you know, our brains implanted with chips and then you know, <laughs> AI decides to like rewire our brains or something extreme. Yeah, get, get that eye tracking going. Come on. And then, yeah, just have a, uh, what was it? A, a collective, yeah. Oh, it'll be a hive mind? Yeah, just be converted into a hive mind. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's scary. That hopefully, long, far as away and never happens. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I don't. It's just, it's just kind of, it's just kind of interesting because there's so much information that we have to sort through, and for the most part, all we can really do is try to learn as much as we can about it to not to be concrete. Yes. but also solid about it. Yeah. I and um, to put forth the best that you have, essentially. Because uh, when, yeah, when you do that and then when you get that mindset, it 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 clears up a whole lot of that noise that you get with sometimes drama online. And adding to that, I know even if you want to push a certain belief or something so hard... Um, it, it's really tricky because I feel like you don't want to also hurt others. I, when you want to give information, you want to show and enlighten people like the best direction or the best resource to recommend them. Um, and it's that's why, again, like it's really hard for 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 me to get valid information from social media because it's like news happens. It breaks before even the news gets the news through Twitter and stuff, and it's so raw. Yeah, it's so raw, but it's so noisy that it's it's not. There's no accuracy in it. Yeah, it's there's no organization or anything. Yeah, and like when you try to, <laughs> like, you could be the best. You could be 
you know, a decent dart player, but then be blindfolded and then spun around five times and then to try throw it. <laughs> maybe you'll be lucky and hit it, or maybe you'll be unlucky and, like, you know, <laughs> throw it into the side of somebody who just happens to be standing nearby. Yeah. Well, that's all the news we had so far, um, and we hit all the points for... Um, I guess the format so far, I still want to develop this. What What did you think about the format so far, babe? <laughs> Was it kind of okay? Yeah, it's good. No one can dwell into other, other things or, like, poke into interesting, like, kind of thought-provoking ideas. Okay, I'm super down to add more segments if you have any ideas or suggestions. Because I, I was just thinking, like, oh, maybe we should add, like, a question panel, too, at the end if people... Um, wanted to ask questions or maybe talk uh, have us talk about an idea or some topic that's been going on um, maybe that would be a little bit more you know cooperative and I think that would be more engaging I mean we could always if you want to do a telegram chat room too or yeah leave the comments open for a question for that'd be always interesting oh that could work that's a good idea okay well we'll toss that around and see what uh, we can make work there um, but as far as that, that's really all I had, uh, to go off of from now. I'm trying to keep this weekly, so not too much happens week per week, but I think we covered most of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll try to, you can, we can always try our best to find more information or to like what was interesting for that day or a week, not day. It'd be, imagine trying to do a podcast every day. That's... Oh my I god, mean, that's, that's Joe, like that's essentially Joe Rogan. Right that's there, Ro Jogan right there. The the Joe the. No, he's awesome though. I love Joe Rogan. Like he's he's I'm a sh- good talk. He's a he's a good talker. That's for sure. He definitely knows how to, for the most part, get interaction with his guests. And he's so genuine. Like not to you know like, <laughs> like idolize the guy too much, but he's the father of podcasting pretty much in a way that's like authentic and it's entertaining and he's a comedian and he's like this hunter like super alpha male guy who's like badass and stuff <laughs> it's super motivating yeah, but, he, but he's gonna get canceled canceled how so uh i think there were i forget i'm not gonna speak on to it but that's <laughs> i remember in some of the podcasts they've talked about it a little bit oh okay um kind of it's a it's a kind of an interesting Another interesting topic that I don't know about, um, but you get the feeling of like the, the I guess the idea of uh, quote unquote cancel culture kind of thing. Oh, I did hear um with his recent uh transaction with Spotify um that contract deal where he's making his a podcast exclusive to the platform, and it's kind of going. Is it to, exclusive to the platform only? Um, I thought it was. I think it would be yeah like they're. Spotify is trying to be the Netflix of podcasting and they're going to like, you know, organize all the genres of podcasts and stuff within their platform. And I guess that's pretty cool to make the podcasts more accessible. But podcasting at the heart of it is supposed to be this open format where you can just host free information and then talk about stuff in kind of this open way. Um, So making it exclusive to a platform, um, I mean, it's good that like, you know, you can benefit monetarily and get that kind of success off of it. So I, I would do that if that meant that I would get, you know, pretty decently compensated. 
But yeah, as far as the platform goes, I'm not too sure if that's the most, uh, you know, accessible way to go. Um, but as far as, uh, <laughs> uh, t I think today's episode was pretty good. I liked it a lot. Um, it was really, uh, nice to sort of go through a rundown of different, uh, articles and ideas. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. to oh yeah, you're totally right on the Joe Rogan being eventually exclusive on Spotify. Yep. Damn. Yep. Yeah. So that's obnoxious as fuck, though. Because I mean, we already pay for Google, you know, services, and that's how I mainly consume my podcasts through I, through Google Podcasts. Um, but uh, I don't know. That, <laughs> that's obnoxious because podcasts should be just. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a really like a really good deal for them, in ter or like for even Joe Rogan just getting paid essentially to still keep doing whatever uh fuck he wants essentially. Yeah, and I like that attitude, so I'm totally, I'm for that kind of, like, uh, way that he goes about still making the stuff that he loves, so that's, that's totally fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, as far as, uh, today's concerned, I think we'll call it a show for, uh, Treebark, so thank you guys for listening, uh, to Treebark. I've been your host, Theo, and... Uh, I've been your co-host, Blark, and I hope that we, uh can have a more conversation with the audience at some point um especially if we do plan on doing questions or if uh we delve into the idea of just opening a telegram uh open floor conversation i guess yeah that sounds really exciting um so we'll keep you guys posted and see what we can start developing because yeah i want to make this more information dense so you guys have a good day and we'll see you next week Bye bye And a huge shout out to my Patreon supporters, starting with the Patron Pups, Adrian Eves, Ben Campbell, Damian Adam, Knock82562, Kodavir, Michael Draws, Roadwolf, The Pie Man78, and Tyler Green. Next up we have the official Good Boy supporters, Archon Inu, Bryce, Francis Booth, Howler, Jason, and okay, Dougal. And thank you so much and much love to my top dog patrons, starting with Artorius Nightwalker, Barky, Damon, Ella Ryra, Ferris, Hattie, Jay Wolf, and Yodu Pandawolf. Thank you so much guys for supporting me, and if you want to check out more of my content and see what I'm up to, you can check out my Twitter at Shikokubo, or my FA, where I post a lot of my work, at Shikokubo. 